Welcome to our teaching today, where Christ's Word is the center of our world. We are about to listen to the undiluted Word of God from the throne of grace. In recent times, that there has been a pushback against this gospel from leading voices in this nation. But that's why I came. We speak with authority. This is the message that works. And we are unapologetic in our preaching of it. Unapologetic. Listen. Paul could not have faced the persecution he faced for preaching law and mixture. He couldn't. Nobody gets persecuted for preaching law. And that's why not just anybody can preach this gospel. It's easy to preach law. Our politicians preach it. Just watch out this Easter. We want to enjoy all Christians all over the country to emulate the good virtues of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ who was a good man. He helped people everywhere. I was a law-abiding citizen. If that is what we preach, then let's go and sleep. There's no power there. No power. The heart of the gospel is the forgiveness of sins. Total forgiveness of sins. Past, present, and future. If redemption is not total, then it's a waste. Jesus came to waste his time to save us from something that we can easily go back into because we sinned once. Total waste. There was no reason for him to go to the cross. If righteousness indeed is of the law, then Christ be dead in vain, Paul says. Galatians 2. And he says, I do not frustrate the grace of God. The way you frustrate the grace of God is by depending on your self-efforts. Not by sin. Look through the Gospels. Jesus, his most scathing rebukes were reserved for people you will call good in society. Decent people. He called them whitewashed tombs. Full of dead men's bones. He called them hypocrites. And that's what the law produces. Hypocrites. Hypocrites. We have refused to be that way. If this gospel does not work, then let's drop this Bible. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Leading voices can be wrong. 
And in this case, they are. We honor them for their labors over the years. We are standing on the labors that they have labored. But this message has come to stay. Let me tell you, there is nothing new to the body. This is the gospel that was preached from the beginning. Over the generations, many truths in the body were lost. There was a time in the body of Christ, sickness was celebrated as God's will. People come out to testify of cancer and say, God is training me with this cancer. Join me and give glory to God as I go through the discipline. Poverty was celebrated as a virtue and people died sick and poor, not because it was the will of God. And through the generations, God began to raise men. When Kenneth E. Hagin started, speaking in tongues was a sign of demonic possession. Go and read it in the history. If you were Speaking in tongues, they will call you for deliverance. Kenneth Hagin got born again and took years before he could get filled with the spirit. Why? Stronghold, mental stronghold. Kenneth E. Hagin said he saw that the people who were speaking in tongues were the happiest of Christians, were the healthiest of Christians. Then those of them who were not speaking in tongues were sad, mad, busted, broke. He said he saw the difference. So he went and asked God. And God took him through the book of Acts and he was reading and he found it. He began to desire it. One of the greatest ministries that the body of Christ has ever produced. Truths have been restored. When the late Archbishop Benson Idahosa started and came in as an apostle of faith in the city of Benin. Benin was given over to idolatry. I grew up in Benin. There was no house in Benin that didn't have an idol. An idol. Not one. My grandmother was the head of all idol worshippers in our area. They finished doing their judo. They come and do Thanksgiving in our house. But that man brought the gospel of Jesus and a strong re revelation of the benevolence of God. He was criticized for it. Today they have all entered it. To the point that pastors are now under pressure. If you, are not, if you don't have a level of ephesian, then you don't know the world. Ah. When he bought a motorcycle, his pastor rebuked him. And sent him out of church for buying a motorcycle. It was carnality. Everybody should use bicycle until the pastor's wife was pregnant at night and nobody to take her to the hospital. It was that same bike. They called him and said, Please come. He used the bike to come and take her. Truths are being restored to the body. The revelation of God's grace 
is just the most recent of truth being restored. It has come. Listen, they will fight it until they are tired. So mightily will this word grow and prevail over this nation. And there's nothing they can do about it. Nothing. Listen, the law has some measure of glory. It does. First Corinthians chapter 10 tells us that the rock that followed them in the, in the wilderness was Christ. The rock that followed them was Christ. In other words, the rock with which they had to deal where Moses struck was a type of Christ and everything Moses did with that rock was describing the message of this gospel. And so, in Exodus chapter 20, yeah, that's 1 Corinthians 10, 4, it says, and they all, they drank the same spiritual drink for they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. Exodus 17, no, Exodus 20, Exodus chapter 20. And God speak. Alright. Hallelujah. No, let's do from verse 1. Give me chapter 17 first. I want to be exact with the verse. I'll check it up. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Chapter 17, Exodus 17. From verse 1. And all the congregation of the children of Israel journeyed from the wilderness of sin after their journeys according to the commandment of the Lord and pitched in Rephidim. And there was no water for the people to drink. Watch this. Wherefore the people did chide with Moses and said, Give us water that we may drink. And Moses said unto them, Why chide ye with me? Wherefore do ye tempt the Lord? Now, there were two portions that Jesus spoke about water. One in John chapter 4 and the other in John chapter 7. In John chapter 4, when he was talking to the woman at the well, he spoke about the water that he would give to her that will well up into eternal life. That's the born again experience. Then in chapter 7, on the great day of the feast, the last day of the feast, he stood out and said, if any is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. The waters that I shall give him shall become in him a well springing up into eternal life. No, no, rather, that was in chapter 4. In chapter 7 he said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living waters. Then he said, this spake he of the spirit. Different experience. 
we find that same thing captured here. So, they were complaining. We want water to drink. So, therefore the people did contend with Moses and said, give us water to drink that we may drink. And so Moses said, why do you contend with me? Why do you, con- why do you tempt the Lord? Next verse. And the people thirsted there for water and the people complained against Moses and said, why is it you have brought us up out of Egypt to kill us and our children and our livestock with thirst? So Moses cried out to the Lord saying, what shall I do with these people? They are almost ready to stone me. And the Lord said to Moses, go on before the people and take with you some of the elders of Israel. Also take in your hand your rod. Did you see that there? Your rod. With which you struck the river and go. That was the rod with which Moses brought judgment on Egypt. Am I talking? The judgment of the ten plagues. It was that rod. That was the rod that Moses used in the wilderness to tend his flock. That God told him to throw on the ground. He threw on the ground. He turned into a serpent. God said, pick it up. It, it became a, um, a rod again. That was the same rod that he threw down in Pharaoh's palace and turned into a serpent. And, Mo, and Pharaoh told his magicians, do same. They did. And the serpent of Moses swallowed all the other serpents and he turned back into the rod. That was the rod of judgment. So God told him, take that rod. Watch this. Behold, I will stand before you there on the rock in Horeb. And you shall strike the rock and water will come out of it that the people may drink. And Moses did so in the sight of the elders of Israel. So he called the name of the place Massa and Meribah because of the contention of the children of Israel. And because they tempted the Lord saying, is the Lord among us or not? Notice it was Moses who named the place, not God. You could already see an anger building in Moses. And I like to say, that when preachers are angry, it's not God that is angry, it's the preacher that is angry. God is not angry. Now the preacher the verse. God is not angry. You could see anger building. Now he named that place after their sins. Because man must mark sin. David said, if thou markest iniquity, who will stand? You know, David was an interesting character in scripture. David wrote Psalm 51 after he sinned with Bathsheba. Now, let me explain what Bathsheba, what David did. David slept. Now, listen, it was not consent. It was not consent. It was not mutual consent. David was king. Bathsheba could not have said no. She wasn't dancing around, half naked around the king's palace. She was taking a bath in her room. He went upstairs to look for a woman. The Bible says when kings were supposed to be in battle, he went upstairs. I started looking into people's bathrooms. He saw her taking a bath. He sent them. Go and bring that woman. You want to say no to a king? Do you understand what it meant to say no to a king? Brought her. He slept with her. There was no consent. So that was sexual harassment. Harassment. 
and sexual abuse, he used his position as king to intimidate the woman. So he offended Bathsheba. Then she got pregnant. He sent for her husband, got him drunk. Go and sleep with your wife. The guy said, how can my people be fighting about her? And he sat at the king's gate. So the king wrote a letter to kill him and give him Go and give your commander in battle. The letter read, put Uriah, that was his, uh, was that his name? Yeah. What? Sorry? Yes, good. Put him in the toughest part of the battle and retreat. When they kill him, look, he, this man was one of the strong, strong soldiers in David's army. David was so confident of the strength of his army that he could release one general. That is wickedness and manipulation. He said that is an expendable. This was well calculated evil against that man. They did it, the man died. He married the wife. Prophet Nathan came and told him, you are the man, you have sinned. Then he wrote Psalm 51 and David had the temerity audacity. He had the effrontery to say to God, against thee and thee only have I sinned. And done this evil in thy sight. Guy, you did it to Bathsheba. You did it to her late husband. You did it to her family. You did it to his family. The family lost a child. David said, against thee and thee only have I sinned. What did he know? We have not even started preaching gospel. They are already angry. Look at it. Psalm 51 verse 4. Against you and you only have I sinned. And done this evil. Are you serious? Are you serious? What did David know? He said, my sin is ever before me. That means, no matter how good I am, sin is always before me. It was here he said, I was shapen in iniquity. David tied all of that to the sin nature. Behold, I was shapen in iniquity. And in sin did my mother conceive me. Not give birth to me. Conceive. So from conception in the womb. He was already in sin. What sin did he commit in the womb? To make him a sinner. The sin that made you a sinner was not committed by you. Through one man sin came into the world. His name is Adam. Not you. I said, what are you saying? You'll be listening. <laughs> what I'm saying is what I've said. You are not the person that brought sin into the world. Oh Lord, I cannot face you. <laughs> oh Lord, I cannot face you. As if they just carried that sin, throw it on the cross. The cross will bend. 
The cross of Jesus escaped your own. Your own was too heavy. Amen. You became a sinner, not by choice, but by birth. You remain one by choice. Back to Exodus 17. It was Moses that named that place. Then in Numbers 17. Numbers 17. Something happened. From verse 1. This was after Miriam died. The Lord spoke unto Moses saying, Speak to the children. Okay, no, that was Miriam's own was later. Speak to the children of Israel and get from them a rod for each father's house and their leaders according to their father's houses. Twelve rods for the twelve tribes of Israel. Write each man's name on his rod, and you shall write Aaron's name on the rod, rod of Levi. For there shall be one rod for the head of each father's house. Now there was contention. You see, is it only Moses and Aaron that God is using? We too. God is also using us. So God said, okay, I want to settle it once and for all. Who I have called into the leadership of the priesthood for this, for this nation. Tell all of them and all the people who were contending were elders in Israel. So he said, all of you bring your rods. Write each man's name on it. Then bring it to the Holy of Holies. Put it there. The, ones, the person's rod who boards is the one that I have chosen as leader here. So that's what was happening here. Next verse. Then you shall place them in the tabernacle of meeting before the testimony. That's for the ark of the testimony. Where I will meet you. And it shall be that, that it shall be that the rod of the man whom I choose will blossom. Thus I will read myself of the complaints of, of the children of Israel and that they, that they make against you. And Moses spoke to the children of Israel and each of the leaders gave him a, a rod apiece. For each leader according to their father's house, houses, 12 rods and the rod, rod of Aaron was among their rods. And Moses placed the rods before the Lord in the tabernacle of witness. And it, now it came to pass the next day that Moses went into the tabernacle of witness. And behold, the rod of Aaron of the house of Levi had sprouted and put forth buds, had produced blossoms and yielded ripe almonds. Then Moses brought out all the rods from before the Lord to all the children of Israel. And they looked and each man took his rod. And the Lord said to Moses, bring Aaron's rod back before the testimony. That's put it back before the Holy of Holies. To be kept as a sign against the rebels. That I may put their complaint away from me lest they die. He said, bring that rod and put it back before my presence. So that I will not destroy them. So that rod of Aaron that bordered was the rod of mercy. God said, put it there so that I will not destroy them. Chapter 20. Numbers. Let's go from verse 2. Now there was no water for the congregation. So they gathered together against Moses and Aaron. Now watch this. I want you to notice something. The first time when we saw it in Exodus 17, when they complained, God didn't rebuke them. Said nothing about their sin. Nothing. God went to Moses. Moses, God, Moses went to God and the Lord told him, take your rod. Go and start, gather the elders of Israel. Strike the rock. The water will come out. They will drink. God didn't say anything. God said nothing about their sins. 
Are you trying to say that God is just quiet? God, God was quiet before. Not be today. He said nothing. He, that was what got Moses angry. He named the place Massa Meribah. Because he didn't want to forget what they did to him. The thing they pain him. You understand? The thing they pain him. How uh, they took up stones so soon God didn't say anything. Because God was showing him the answer. The second time it happened, see it again. God didn't talk. God said nothing about their sins. Same, same incidents. Now, the first one was a type of salvation. He struck that rock, which was Christ, with the rod of judgment. That signified that the people sinned and Christ, the rock, took their judgment. That's the salvation experience. Then this next one. The people contended with Moses and spoke, saying, If only we had died when our brethren died before the Lord. Go on. Why have you brought up the assembly of the Lord into this wilderness that we and our animals should die here? And why have you made us come out of Egypt to bring us to this evil place? It is not a place of grain or figs or vines or pomegranates, nor is there any water to drink. And Moses and Aaron went from the presence of the assembly of the door of the tabernacle of meeting and fell on their faces, and the glory of the Lord appeared to them. Then the Lord spake to Moses, saying, Take the rod. The first time he said, Take your rod. But this time, there was a rod before the ark of the testimony. That was Aaron's rod that bore them. The, rock, the, the rod of mercy. He said, take that rod. Because he was before the presence of God. And Moses went about with his rod. So God could have told him, take your rod. Uh-uh. He said, take the rod. What rod? The rod that was before the presence. The rod of mercy. Take the rod. You and your brother Aaron gather the congregation together. Speak to the rock before their eyes. Speak to the rock. And it will yield its waters. First you shall bring water for them out of the rock and give them to the congregation. And give drink to the congregation and their animals. So Moses took the rod from before the Lord as he commanded him. Are you seeing this now? He took the rod of mercy. So it is with mercy that you speak. It is standing with mercy that you speak. Listen, the ministry of the Holy Spirit is released with the teaching of grace. He that supplieth the Spirit and worketh miracles amongst you, doeth he it by the, by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith. You want to release the, the ministry of the spirit over a generation? Show them mercy. Show them the mercy of God. Law has never worked. Law puts a divide. There are certain people that can't cross it. We have not paid the price. We, we are not at that level. That's why you want to ask God for something. You will check your faith level. You will know that your faith level is not rich. You will just leave it. Yeah, you go and meet pastors. Ah, there's something I want you to pray for me about. Because you don't have faith in your heart. Why? You are not at that level yet. Which level? Which level? There's nothing wrong in meeting pastors to pray for you. Alright? But we can join faith together. And see, frankly, if your faith is at, is at zero, eh, run to pastor. No, no, I'm telling you. Run to pastor. Eh, we'll help you first. Then you keep listening to the word. 
Uh-huh. By all means, if you need help, go for help. But not because you think that you have no access. Let's finish this. So Moses took the rod from the presence. Next verse. And Moses and Aaron gathered the assembly together before the rod. Notice that God did not say anything about their sins again. Okay. And said to them, hear now you rebels. Okay. I told you, I say, is the pastor that is angry. God didn't call them rebels. God didn't say anything. He said the congregation of Israel. God still called them his congregation. Here now you rebels. Must we bring water for you out of this rock? Next verse. And Moses lifted his hand and struck the rock twice with his rod. That means with the rod of judgment. He didn't use the rod of mercy. He used the rod of judgment and struck the rock twice. What was Moses saying? Every time you sin, judgment must come. That's what they tell you. All these people that are preaching grace. <laughs> you think God is a fool? They'll be telling you that your sins are forgiven you so you can do anything you want. No grace preacher says you can do anything you want. No grace preacher says it. Anyone who says it, they are not grace preachers. Then they want to discredit the message. Then you see some trying to balance it. The message is balanced. Don't balance it. Don't balance the message. The message is balanced. We have taught this message raw and uncut. And we have seen people delivered from addictions. Simply because they hear their sins are forgiven them. God is no more angry with you. Listen, let me say something strong here. The grace message, the grace of God is not, listen, the grace of God, listen, because sometimes we're trying to, we're trying to, it's an attempt to balance this thing and an attempt to appeal to the people that we are not, we, we are, we are not, we are not trying to say that people should sin. We're not trying to say, so we make certain statements that we have not really um, we, have not, we have not brought the light over. And we think we are saying gospel. We are not saying it. Listen. The grace of God is not hmm. I want to say it in a very strong way. We have to pepper them because their own law used to pepper us. They are mixed. It used to do our body one kind. Uh, grace is not the ability to live above sin. Let it sink. There's a way, listen, when you make statements like this, you put the people right back to works. What are you doing with the grace of God? You are not using the grace of God. That's why you are still struggling. The people are right back to works. Now they start feeling condemned that they have grace and they are not using it. They are not doing it. So the, so the body now comes back on them. 
I, I say I have problem. Even now, even with grace, on top of grace, I still, I still cannot do anything. So they are back to square one. Back to square one. Grace is not the ability to live above sin. Grace is the undeserved favor of God. It is favor. Leave it there. It is when a man encounters that favor that he finds strength to rise above that sin. So don't, listen, don't, I understand where you are going when you say it's the, it is the ability to live above sin, but you are putting people right back to works, unconsciously. Grace is the favor of God that you don't deserve. It's God's benevolence that had nothing to do with your self-efforts. That is what we preach. You have to be confident that in the preaching of that message, people will be liberated. It is a lack of faith in the message. That tells you again, it is your, the ability to live above sin. So if you really know this grace and you are not, you are still struggling with sin, then it means you have not, you have not learned how to. You have not. Uh, 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 uh. It is the favor of God. And let me tell you that what that means is that no matter what you do, you have not fallen out of God's good books. God has forgiven you your past sins present sins as the one you're committing now and the one you are planning to commit after service get angry first before I explain it what is the difference between that and what you told your wife when you were getting married you made vow What were you saying to your husband in that vow? You are forgiving them ahead of time. The commitment was not, I will love you if you don't offend me. The commitment was, I will love you unconditionally. Okay. What you were saying was, I know you will offend me. But I will show you mercy because I love you. Even though you, you did not really understand what you were saying when you said it. That's why now you are married and the thing has started happening. Uh, you are saying this is not what I bargained for. Oh God, that is exactly what you bargained for. That's exactly what you bargained for. That's exactly what you said. So if you can say that to your spouse, then why are you angry that God said it? What that means is that when God called you, God knew everything you were capable of doing wrong. Everything wrong you were capable of doing. And said, I will love you all the same. It is this consciousness that breaks a man from the power of sin. Until we preach it like this, we have not preached it. Who have this made this? We have come with authority to this generation. This is the gospel. There's no going back. Look, it is not God that's angry. They are the ones angry. They put burdens on people that they cannot keep. One of them said, if you are 21 years old and you have not prayed six hours stretch, your life is a joke. What kind of joke is that one? 
Oga, what kind of joke is that one? Oga, what kind of joke is that one? Are you telling me you pray six hours stretch every day? Chapter what verse what? Chapter what verse what? Why do we have to put time to the prayer? Chapter what verse what? That's the reason why you struggle in prayer. Because it's works, it's body. You want to relate with your wife. You will not start arranging. That's what you do in prayer. Today I'm going to do one hour. It's too much, I'll be too lazy. That's like saying, today I'm going to spend one hour with my wife. Then you don't go and meet your wife. Honey, how are you? Because that's how your prayer sounds before God. How was your day? Do you know I love you? I just want to tell you that I love you. And you are thinking, what next? to they say we should pray in tongues. You should not have to pray. You should want to pray. If you've not read your Bible for three weeks, you shouldn't be guilty. You should be hungry. Then go and read. Moses was angry. He struck the rod twice. Rock twice with his, with his rod. Water still came out abundantly. And the congregation drank. And the animals. Water still came out. Listen. That's what Paul was saying when he said in 2 Corinthians 3 that the law has glory. But he says that glory is fading. Let me tell you. Whatever you have seen with those who preach law, watch what is about to happen in this generation. The dimensions of the miraculous and influence from those who uphold the message of grace will be unmatched in any generation. Mark my words. See what God told Moses. Next verse. The Lord spake unto Moses and said, Because you did not believe me, any preacher who mixes with law does not believe God. The problem is, he did not. What, what did God say to Moses that Moses did not believe? What did God say? It is a, listen, this is the reason why Moses did not enter the promised land. Because I'm sure you must have been wondering, like I was wondering. There's a small thing that Moses did. God just said, We don't enter the promised land. After all the good that he did, he was messing up New Testament revelation. What God was saying to Moses, in essence, is that judgment comes once for sins. Once they sinned judgment came upon Christ once 
for their sins. After that, once a man has put faith in God and he sins, you no longer bring judgment. What you bring is the supply of the spirit of grace. Walk in the spirit and you will not fulfill the loss of the flesh. Not judgment. I can smell sin in the camp. Some of you are hanging loosely. <laughs> mm, God is not a fool. Brethren, I smell fornication here. I smell it. I smell it. Mm, 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 mm. God is sending warning. 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 It's a consuming fire to be consuming his children. You as you are, as you are, are you a consuming because you are a consuming father to your children, or your father was a consuming father to you people. Okay, fire to you people. Anytime he appears, you pull run out of the parlor. That's how you are saying God. God is a consuming fire to be consuming his children. Then why did he have us? Unto it. Huh? Unto it. They are the ones angry. God is no more angry with you. God will never again be angry with the one who has put faith in Jesus. Never. Jesus took your judgment. You will never again be judged for sins. Ever. 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 Because Christ has borne your judgment. Do you understand? Let me use some of your language. The mystery. Oh, there are too many mysteries now. The mystery. Uh, God, there's nothing mysterious in this gospel again. Paul said the mystery of Christ as I have revealed it. Whereby when he read you may understand my revelation in the mystery of Christ. When you read, he took it for granted that if you take this Bible and read it, you will understand the mystery. But this one, huh, mm, listen, God showed it to me after seven days of fasting. I'm not telling you what I got on the surface. You see, this revelation has not been made known to this generation. And right now, I have come, I'm telling you, this one did not come out of seven days fasting, seven days fasting, seven days fasting. Oh God, Go and eat. Go and eat. Go and eat. If you like fast, let your stomach enter inside and come out from your back. This revelation, this mystery is now a revelation. So let me show you the mystery of the Passover. As the Lord showed it to me after 14 days of intense mountain experience. Mm. Mm. God told them to kill an animal, put the blood on their doorposts. The night that they left Egypt. He said, when I see the blood, I will pass over you. He said, not say when the devil see the blood. He said, when I see the blood, it was God that was bringing judgment. 
When I see the blood, I will pass over you. Listen. When death came over them, anywhere he saw blood on their doppels, he said, judgment has happened here. So I don't need to touch here. He will pass over. Pass over is not you jumping over evil. Jump and pass, jump and pass. That's not pass over. Pass over is this thing coming to you and seeing the blood mark. It goes over. Why? Judgment has happened. That's why, look, there's no need to plead the blood. You don't have to. If it helps your conscience, you want to continue, go ahead. But it doesn't, it, you don't have to. The blood that Jesus shed was not spiritual blood. So there's no blood bank in heaven. Oh Lord, I plead seven liters of the blood. Lord, I soak this road with the blood of Jesus. I soak the driver in the blood of Jesus. And you wonder why there's accident. The guy not see road again. Lord, I soak the pilot in the blood. I cover the windscreen with the blood of Jesus. Ah, Abba. Abba. Please, we need wiper for this one. Let us see road. You don't need to plead the blood. The blood is speaking. Speaking. It has been shed once and it speaketh. Present continuous. Better things than the blood of Abel. The blood of Abel was crying judgment and vengeance. The blood of Jesus Christ, mercy. See, they don't believe. Listen, some of these people preaching law, they know the message. They know this gospel, but they are afraid that you will use it to do bad things. And some of them are projecting their own fears on you because they know what they did when they were at your level. This level, self. Because you did not believe me. To hallow me in the eyes of the children of Israel. Therefore you shall not bring this assembly into the land which I have given to them. What was God saying to Moses? You gave the people a wrong picture of me. You gave the people the picture of an angry God. Who visits the people with judgment every time they sin. While they have already been judged. In the person of Christ. You are angry that we say, your sins are forgiven you past, present, and future. How can you say that? How can you say somebody's sin and then God just forgive you? God just overlooked it. Listen. Listen. Look. Listen. You are angry. You are angry. You are angry that the, that the sinner was spared. Which is the greater injustice? If we want to talk injustice. Which is the greater injustice? That a sinner is pardoned and allowed to go free in spite of his wrong. Or that the innocent is punished for what he did not commit. What is the greater injustice? Come on, talk to me. What is the greater injustice? Okay, you are angry that we say the sinner has been pardoned. Okay, let me show you the greater injustice. Okay, I agree. It's wrong. 
but let me show you the greater injustice. Jesus that knew no sin was punished for your sin. Oga carry placard and cry for that one first. That is the greater injustice. Cry that Jesus was punished for sins he did not commit. When you have wasted your time, then you will come and sit down and ask the essence why he did it. The, the, the innocent was punished so that the guilty might go free. That's the message we preach. That's the message we preach. And he has paid for sins forever. One sacrifice. Hebrews chapter 10. He says, by one sacrifice. He says, after this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever. One. One. They, ha they are comfortable with past sins are forgiven, present sins are forgiven. When it comes to future, uh, 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 now that's where we have to be careful. Mm, that borders around heresy. Mm, because you can't tell me that um, mm, a sin I'm yet to commit, um, God has forgiven me. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't buy that. I don't, I don't buy them. It's the truth, all the same. Well, when you sin, based on what do you ask for forgiveness? The blood. Abi? Okay. When was the blood shed? Were you there when the blood was shed? That means that Jesus shed his blood to pay for sins you were yet to be born to commit. So it has always been future for you. Now you have come in the present. You want to block road. You want to block road. No way. Past and present. Don't tell me future. Clear road. Clear road. This thing has always been future for you. You are a benefit of this future matter. Clear road. Generations yet unborn. We'll be resting on this blood. And you are telling me it's not future. It is future, Oga. It is future. Look at you. Future is easy now. Because with future you can plan. I am telling you of a sacrifice that went into the past. Oh, you didn't get what I said. Future you can plan. You can plan for future. You know his tendencies. You start planning. Uh, I, he may do something like this, so let's arrange. Let's plan. I'm telling you of something that went into the past. To cleanse sins. Into the past. Hebrews 9.15. Into the past. Hebrews 9.15. What are you talking? Something that can enter past. Future is nothing. And for this reason, he is the mediator of the new covenant by means of death. For the redemption of the transgressions under the first covenant. He went into the past and made atonement for sins. Nobody in the Old Testament went to heaven when they died. No, name them. Nobody, sir. Nobody, sir. Nobody. Jesus said it with his own mouth. He told Nicodemus in John chapter 3 verse 2. He said, I've told you of earthly things. You are, you are struggling. What if I tell you of heavenly things? What if I tell you of heavenly things? Then he now said, let me tell you of heavenly things. He said that no man has ascended up to heaven. No man. Except the son of man. 
which came from heaven and is in heaven. Nobody has ascended. Ah, Nicodemus was a teacher of the law. You can't tell Nicodemus he does not know that. What do you mean? Nicodemus was looking at him. Ha! Ah, being in those days, he was looking at him. Boy. No man, no man, no man, yes, no man, no man. Ah, ah. Isaiah, they enter. After Isaiah said, Who had believed our report? As to whom is the arm of the Lord? Even that man did not enter. Daniel did not enter. Daniel, Daniel. That enter lions then because he opened window and prayed three times a day. Daniel, ah, ah, now, no man, ah, 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 now, ah, ah, master, now, ah, ah, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They didn't enter heaven. Abba, Abba, Ezekiel, ah, ah, David, man after God's own heart, ah, 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 master, master, Abel, ah, master, master, ah, ah. Jesus said, no man. Okay, Jesus, I get you here now. What of Elijah? Chariot of fire took him to where? Uh, the guy got somewhere, probably had a chariot crash. <laughs> but he did not enter. Ah, ah, master, master. Okay, this one, you cannot deny this one. Enoch walked with God. And was not. For God took him. Oh God, where did he drop him? Where did he drop Enoch? Enoch walked with God. Oh God, where did he drop Enoch? He dropped him somewhere. Definitely not heaven. Where did they go? They were in hell. God separated hell. One part where there was fire, one part where there was, where there was no fire. Because when Abraham was talking, this is no, even Abraham could not enter heaven. Because he was, the, he was called the father of the faith. The first to believe this gospel as it was sounded. And to be declared righteous. God honored him by naming that place after him. Abraham's bosom. Abraham's bosom is not heaven. Lazarus died. Angels took him to Abraham's bosom. Not heaven. When the rich man told Abraham, dip your finger into water. Tell, tell him to tell Lazarus to dip his finger into water and cool my test. He said, listen, there is a big gulf between us. That means they were in the same area. We cannot cross over to meet you where you are. You cannot cross over to meet us where we are. Big gulf. They were in the same area. No man could have entered heaven as good as those men were. See, I know, I know the persecution I face for the kingdom. They told me to change number in the office. I refused to change it. They sacked me. That's why I know when that row is cut off yonder. If I'm not number one, be number two. Because I know myself. <laughs> Oga. They put some people inside fire. Have you entered fire? They sack you. That's what you are. That's, that's the CV you are bringing to God today. Uh, that's because I'm, that's why I must enter. God, I've been serving you all these years. I don't know what is happening to me. I've read jam five times. Jam has jammed me. And, and, and I'm a virgin. I'm a virgin. And Lord, the, God, God did not tell you that because you're a virgin, you will enter. It's good to be a virgin. But that, don't harass God with your virginity. Don't harass God with it. Keep yourself is good. And it's good for you. Lord, me, I know I'm a tighter. Why? Why is my life tight? 
kite that thing, no? Huh? But don't harass God with it. God blesses you on account of what Christ has done. He says, this thing is by grace that it might be of faith to the end that it might be sure to all the seed. That's the only way God made sure that this thing can reach everybody's hand. Because all those fasters that used to fast 49, 40, 41 days, they will get this thing before also. Those who know how to pay the price. They don't have to pay the price. The price. That they pay the price. We never reach, we never start to. Ah, this thing for no reach our hand. Salvation, ah, if for no reach our hand. If for no reach our hand. You that used to breakfast, you start, you say what to do for what you say. And at three o'clock, you go and breakfast. You, you see what to, salvation will just be coming like this. As you just breakfast, it will just turn. And you see, when we teach this thing like this, uh, no, it won't produce lazy Christians. It will produce people who are passionate for God because they know that there's nothing they will do. Look, have you ever seen all these circus shows? When they, when they are performing up there, they have what you call safety net. Down. <laughs> what does that safety net do? The people that are doing up there, they just work like that. Safety net, free fall! Uh-uh. It encourages them to do their performance well. Because they know if they sleep and fall, they will not fall to their death. That's what this message does for you. It will help you serve God well because you know, if I sleep, I will not sleep to my death. The phone companies will make a phone. They will put their signature on it and tell you that this thing is waterproof. They will write it there boldly. So you now bought that for 1.5 million. You will not really carry it and go and be looking for a pool of water everywhere. Uh-huh, 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 uh-huh. They say this thing is waterproof, Abby. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Is that what it will make you do? No. You will use it with confidence. If it slips from your hand and falls into water, you will pick that thing up without fear. That's what this message does for you. That's what it does for you. Your sins are forgiven you. I want to close now so that Pastor Phil can invite me again. (laughs) Amen. This is the message. We preach it boldly. We are not afraid. We have come under, under real persecution and attacks for preaching this message. But who cares? The house of David grew stronger and stronger. The house of Saul grew weaker and weaker. Pastor Phil, that's a word for us. That's a word for us in this season. The house of David grew stronger and stronger. The house of Saul grew weaker and weaker. That's what will happen in this city, in this nation and everywhere. As the Lord restores the sure mercies of David to us, which he has done in the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross, we preach this gospel fearlessly. People are set free. 
I was preaching this several years ago. I did a teaching under title, The Guilt, The Pride of Guilt. You sinned, you must correct it by yourself. After Paul killed different people anyway, got up one morning and said, I am innocent of the blood of all men. Oga. Oga, you were the one holding their coats, telling them where they should stone Stephen. You are innocent of the blood of all men. Oga, be careful how you talk. Paul was going to rebuke the Corinthian church for sin. They were fornicators. They were backbiters. They were, in fact, the level of fornication in the, Corinth, in the church at Corinth was so high, it was unprecedented even amongst unbelievers. That is, unbelievers were learning. That's what Paul told them. That's what Paul told them. He says, such as is not even heard amongst unbelievers, that a man is sleeping with his father's wife. They had taken this thing to new levels. Paul was planning to rebuke them for that. He was planning to rebuke them too for their misbehavior with the gifts of the Spirit. Planning to rebuke them for everything. Are you following what I'm saying? So many. Well, their list of sins, eh? there was division. He said it was reported to me from those of the house of Chloe and it's good to report. Because if they did not report to Paul, we will not have seen First Corinthians. To report to Pastor Phil. Don't hide it. So that a sound word can come out. Report. It's good members that report. Amen. Last scripture. In 1 Corinthians 1. Knowing what he was going to say to them. All the rebukes. Look at what he told them. 1 Corinthians 1. From verse 1. Paul called to be an apostle of Jesus Christ through the will of God and sustains our brother. To the church of God. They were still the church of God. All these people. That are, are, you, are you sure you're a Christian? Because I'm not even seeing what common Christianity inside you. No common Christianity inside your body. They were still the church of God. To those who are sanctified in Christ Jesus. They were still sanctified. No, they were still sanctified. He was going to start rebuking them in this same chapter 1, but they were still sanctified. Called to be saints. They were still saints. With all whom in every place call on the name of Jesus Christ our Lord, both theirs and ours. Grace to you, grace. You're still praying grace to them. And peace from God. Peace. No peace for the wicked. Peace. And the Lord Jesus Christ. I, that's from God and from Jesus. Okay. I Two of them. Two of them. I thought that's the type of part that God will get angry and say, Jesus, you go. You go and, go and talk to them. Because before I, before, before, I, before I open my eye, if those people have not repent, then, God is, then Jesus is not begging, Father, Father, please, Father. Father, I know. You, have, you are justified to be angry. I know. Let me go and warn my children. I'm, I'm coming. Please, don't blow the trumpet yet. I thank my God always concerning you for the grace of God which is given to you by, Jesus, by Christ Jesus. He, he still gave them grace. Next verse. 
that you were enriched in everything by him in all utterance and all knowledge. See how Paul does. He doesn't just come criticizing them. He first of all praises them for their strengths, for the areas where they are strong in. When people come rebuking you and they have never praised you, they have never said anything positive to you. They are only waiting for when you make a mistake. From such, don't we? Wicked people. Even as the testimony of Christ was confirmed in you. So that you come short in no gift, eagerly waiting for the revelation of our Lord Jesus Christ. And that's how Jesus does. He will commend you first. Even the woman at the well. See what he told her. He said, go and call your husband. She said, I don't have a husband. He said, you are right. You have said well. For you have had five husbands and the one you are with is not even your own. In that, you have said well. Did you see how he sandwiched rebuke with good? Ah, you have spoken well. You said the truth. You are a good woman. You have had five men. The one you are with is not even your own. In that, you have done well. I can't tell you you here. God's the fool. You are better depend. Oh God, shut up. <laughs> Next verse. Who will also confirm you to the He's the one that we call. You're not confirming yourself to the end. He will confirm you to the end. He was talking to people who he was about to rebuke. He said he will confirm you to the end. That you may be blameless. He will confirm you that you may be blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful by whom you were called into the fellowship of his son Jesus Christ our Lord. Now I plead with you. You don't even use force. So. I beg you people. You both have tried. You have some good side. Now. Brethren, the rapture take place. Where will you be? Are you are talking to brethren? No Christian is missing the rapture. Yes. Brethren, remain rapturable. What do you mean remain rapturable? You are that what kind of greeting is that one? What kind of greeting is that one? Brethren, remain rapturable. What do you mean remain rapturable? No Christian will miss the rapture. Simple. He told them that in First Thessalonians 4 and 5. He said that day will not overtake you as a thief in the night. When they say peace and safety, sudden judgment will come upon them and destruction will come upon them. But you, there's a difference. There's a difference. He said you are not of the night that that day should overtake you as a thief in the night. That means we will be sensing before the rapture takes place. Nobody knows the day of time, but we will know in our spirits is drawing close. And there will be joy in our hearts. Both in chapter 4 and chapter 5, he said, comfort one another with these things. Not threaten one another. Every time you hear the message of rapture, brethren, where will you be? Brethren. It's your name in the book of life. To a Christian. Paul was rebuking. Paul was talking to two women in Philippians 4 that were quarreling. 
He now told the people, the brother, he said, help me settle these two women. Whose names are in the book of life? How could Paul be so sure that on top of their quarrel, their names were in the book of life? I beg going to ask one believer now. And if you really, really look at it, everybody is born with their name in the book of life. That's why Moses told God, he said, blot my name out of the book of life. That means it was there. Everybody is born with their name there. When they don't accept Jesus, their names are removed. That's why we will now check. Was anyone removed? Your name is there. Your name is there. You think God, God is sitting now with Byron and Iris on top, on, top your, on top your line in the book of life. Anytime you see him, we clean it. I know. All these people, they are not candidates. <laughs> I better write another person's name in their number. Then when you now repent, God will now say, they have already taken your number before. I, I'm warning you. Find another line. Find another line. Then God will now write your name half. He said, I know him. He will still sin. Did I not tell you? Let me not waste my time. You think God is doing home video in heaven? Huh? There's some of you, your sin, God has cleaned it, cleaned it, cleaned it, cleaned it. Your line there now, the thing is not tearing. There are very soon, there will be no space for you now to tear. There is another person's name that we are saying under. That time is finished for you. That's what they taught us in our secondary school. So I was explaining to God. I said, Lord, the way we do it, when we clean, clean the thing tear, we tear another piece of paper. We use gum to gum it on top. Of Please, Lord, do same for me. Dr. Fiala, did you ever hear about that guy who preached and said that he saw Papa Idausa in hell? Did you see that thing? It's online. He said he saw it in hell. He saw, he saw, he saw a vision. He said he spoke with Papa in hell. Papa Idausa. Some people shall. He said he saw Papa Idausa in hell. He said, he, he, he said God, and God gave him the privilege to talk with the man and ask him, what brought you here? He said, the, Papa said, it's iniquity that brought me here. Oga, the, the iniquitous iniquity in your mouth. Iniquity. What is iniquity? What kind of vagueness is that? He said, and I asked Papa, how long have you been here? He said, Papa, he said, then it was 10 years. He said, he said Papa, he has been here for 10 years. He said, he had never heard of Papa in his life. And you were in this Nigeria. Okay, go and sit there in one corner. Your light is smell. You have never heard of Papa in the house. And you were in this town, in this nation. You are not serious. He said, he saw it there. Say now, he said when he came out of that vision, he now started asking people, Do you know it also? When did he die? They not only died in 98. He now calculated it. He now said it was really 10 years. In hell, Papa Idausa told him that they have been there for 10 years. That he had been there for 10 years. In the realm of the spirit, they are counting time. Because time is only within the context of this earth. And even when the earth was created, time had not started. It was when he made the sun, he now said, let it be for times and for seasons. So the earth was created and time had not yet started. 
Because he created time, in, he created the earth inside eternity. Then in hell, a spiritual place. He said they were counting time. So they do crossover service in hell. They have work clock there. Brethren, it's almost 12 midnight. We are crossing from 2020 into 2021. All my fellow hellite brethren. I want you to know that we are about to enter a new year. So reduce the fire, reduce the fire so that we can shout happy new year to each other. Are we ready? Are we ready? Happy new year! Increase the fire now. The other one will say he saw revelation that people went to hell with their weapon. And as soon as they enter, he removed God, the queen of the coast removed their weapon because it's, 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 it's her property. You died on earth, you cross into the realm of the spirit with your weapon. Uh uh. Uh uh. So if we can cross with weapon into eternity, uh uh-huh. we can cross with fire extinguisher. Yes, now we can cross there with hand fan. We'll carry our cooler, we'll put cold water inside. Pastor Phil, let me hand over this thing to you because this is the way this thing where I'm going with this. This concludes this message. Thank you for listening. And for more information about the Standpoint Church, visit our social media platform on www.facebook.com slash standpointabj, twitter.com slash standpointabj, instagram.com slash standpointabj, and on soundcloud.com slash standpointabj.